0: Welcome to More Than Ink. I am so excited today. Today we
1: finally put up the tabernacle.
2: We've built God's tent yes. according to his exact instructions. Yes. And now the burning question is, will he come After to all, inhabit it?
1: all the craftsmanship, all the work, will he come? We'll find out today on More Than, Than Ink. Ink. Well, yes, this is more than ink. I'm Jim, and I'm Dorothy, and uh, we are so excited today. We are well, and sad. We're sad because <laughs> it's the we're we're finishing Exodus today. We're satisfied, but we're but we're excited because the tabernacle is going up today. Yeah, and we've been waiting for this moment. For like you know more than half of Exodus. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: and these forty chapters just end with a disastonishing astonishing picture, right? Yeah, Which yeah. we'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, it's like all of the book of Exodus has been building toward this moment. Been building
1: toward this moment, yeah. Even last week we were talking about all the preparations, getting all the materials together, you know, and making sure everything's according to plan. Moses is supervising, make sure everything according to what God
2: commanded. And, uh, and we're there. So Well, and where we left off last week was with the anointing and the consecrating. Right. Of all the furniture, all the stuff right. in the tabernacle, even the tent and the altar and all of that. Yeah. And the and the anointing and consecrating of the priests, Aaron and his sons. And so all of that is right where we left off. Everything yeah. is poised. And
1: isn't that interesting? I didn't think of it at the time, but that's all before it's put together. This is with just the parts all laying out, right? And then today we put them together.
2: Well, I'm not sure that this isn't kind of a doubling back.
1: You think it's the same
2: thing? It's because in order to dress and anoint them, I I would think it all would have needed to have been put together. I don't know. Uh, so I, I I don't know. We haven't I looked into know. that. I
1: don't know. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, so everything is all set to go. That's what we're saying. That's you know? a question and for the pieces, future reference. The pieces are all ready to go. So we're going to do it today. So why don't you start us off on this glorious day, chapter 40 of Exodus, verse 16.
2: Okay. Okay this moses did according to all that the lord commanded him so he did yeah In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. That's a lot of emphasis in this first verse or two on Moses doing it. Moses Moses, did it. Moses, Moses, yep, yep. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars and he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above the ark. "...and he brought the ark into the tabernacle, and set up the veil of the screen, and screened the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil and arranged the bread on it before the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Mm -hmm. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil, and burned the fragrant incense on it, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put in place the screen for the door of the tabernacle, and he set the altar of burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting, and offered it on the burnt o- offered on it the burnt offering and the grain offering, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put the water in it for washing, with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. When they went into the tent of meeting and when they approached the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Mm I love cool. that. Yeah, we'll stop here. Ending.
1: A lot of a lot of great things to point out in this.
2: So you know, before you jump in, I just was thinking we were we were reading in Hebrews this morning earlier, and and the beginning of Hebrews three says, just as Moses was faithful in all God's faithful house, faithful in everything. So Jesus is yep. faithful in God's house, so yep. or as a son in God's house, but Moses as a servant in God's house, and this really is this very complete picture of Moses finishing the work doing like work. a servant yep. all that he had been told
1: yep and did you notice how many times in here it was said he was commanded
2: exactly <laughs> yeah. well actually it's seven times yeah yeah <laughs>
1: and i i went even further back the whole process of the tabernacle you know it's uh-huh. almost, almost 20 times i think it's what i counted 19 or 20 so god commands moses to do it a certain way and here are these last words in the end of verse 33 so moses finished, finished the, work. the work yeah yeah, yeah I had a, the work. I had
2: an amazing thought about that I, that had never struck me before, although it probably should have. You know, it's just this huge statement, this like final statement. So Moses right. finished the work of building the tabernacle. Well, we've said all along that the tabernacle points to Jesus right. and to right. his finished work. And on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. It is finished. right? Yeah. Moses finishes the tabernacle, And the glory of the Lord comes and fills it. Mm -hmm. And Jesus finished the work of our salvation on the cross, and now the glory of the Lord fills it. His people who are his living tabernacle. I mean it just suddenly that picture just the connected are striking. yeah, to me.
1: They're striking. Yeah, which is why the writer of Hebrews in chapter right. three says that. Right. Moses was faithful, Jesus was faithful. You need to start making some connections right. here. <laughs> Moses has a servant, Jesus has a son. That's right. So this yeah. is this is really pretty cool stuff. And again, don't don't lose sight of the fact that we're not just building an arbitrary structure. Uh, this this was at God's Um, command that he wanted to live with them. This is how God lives with them. God's intent to live with us. So this is a God, the creator of all things who says, I want to be in your midst and I want to tabernacle with you Mm -hmm. through life. I'm going to travel with you through life. And here is the place where you can, you can find me. This is where you'll find me, here in this tabernacle.
2: Now, they had been living in tents in the wilderness for a year right? at this right. point. And, it, you know, this first month and the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. I was thinking about the events of this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so much has happened, oh, right? Gosh, yeah. It started in Egypt. They came out and crossed the Red Sea. God gave them water out of the rock. God gave them manna. Uh, God gave them his word a couple of mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. through Moses, right? And right, there was right. the event of the golden calf. Golden calf. There was the covenant ceremony with God where they uh-huh. all agreed, yes, we will. <laughs> we will. And then, but all of that before they actually embark on the building of this building.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's been a very busy year.
1: Yeah. Very busy year. Even after the golden calf, I went back and looked. You remember God says, okay, uh, I'm not going to go with you. Yes. Remember that? And Moses says, well, then we don't want to go either. And that's Jim's paraphrase. Well, but as I mean, Moses'
2: intercessor, he says, if you don't go with us, it's not worth going. It's not
1: worth going. Yeah. But then but then God comes back with that great phrase. This is in Exodus 33:14, And he said, God says, my presence shall go with you mm-hmm. and I will give you rest. So th- this is it. So this is the launching off on this entire uh, going off into the desert and having God be in their midst, in the center of their camping, everything. So, well, let's t- let's take a look. It's interesting that uh, the sequence of this assembly makes sort of sense. So, mm-hmm. the first thing you put up is the tabernacle tent itself, right? And you have bases with their frames that hold up the all the fabric that that makes the tent. And then, uh, and the first thing that goes into the tent. Is the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark. Yeah, mm-hmm. he took the testimony and put it into the Ark, which is an interesting thing because what it says is that the Ten Commandments that were written on those stones they were held somewhere else until right until, until Moses the was ready put them in the Ark, and then the Ark goes into the the newly raised Tabernacle, and then on top of the Ark goes the Mercy Seat, that golden slab with the two cherubims, and it uh, and it actually. Uh, typifies for us the picture of a throne this is where god sits basically this is his throne room so that makes sense that that would go in first and then as you back your way out of the holy of holies you put up the veil that screen which is what he talks about right there in 21 and then as you come out of the tabernacle proper then uh well you're not out of the tabernacle but you're in the inner section you're in the yeah, holy you're out place of the holy of holies, out of the holy of holies once of holies. that's screened right. off and then, and then you're in the area where you need to, to stick the lampstand and the table. So that makes sense. You're sort of backing out mm-hmm. of the Holy of Holies. This is the first time he tells us that the lampstands are on the south side of that room and that the table's on the north side. I had to go look it up because I had remembered commenting on that weeks ago. And I thought, where is it that I know that the lampstand right. goes on the left as you walk in? and the right? This is where it is. It's on the south side, which sort of makes sense because... In the summertime, well, in the wintertime too, the sun traverses across the south side of that, t- of that tent. So the south side of the tent is where the lights are inside. It's kind of interesting. It's sort of aligned. Hmm, that's don't, interesting. Don't know what that means, but there you go. <laughs> and then and then he works out from the tabernacle, has the screen into the tabernacle proper, then he's into the courtyard, and then kind of moves his way out. So it sort of makes sense, the sequence, of because this is exactly how they would erect it every time they put it mm-hmm. together, and probably the reverse of how they take it apart when they would... When they would travel and they would leave. It just makes sense from the inside out and then take it apart from the outside in. So, and then you've got all the stuff that's in the courtyard, the big washing labor that we talked about, you know, and uh, the place at the altar where they do their sacrifices, that's there. I mean, it's everything as, as we're very familiar with all these pieces. We've been talking about this for how long?
2: Well, weeks <laughs> yeah. now.
1: So it's kind of nice to finally see them in their place, everything where it's supposed to be, and everything according to how God commanded moses and so he put it all up and moses finished, finished the, work. the work yeah it, it's just great
2: it, well now we probably need to bear in mind that moses one man by himself could not have erected a tent of this size no no so while it is attributed to him yeah there he would have been over lots of workmen probably the, the yeah levites yeah. <clears throat> yeah excuse me
1: yeah yeah. So the, the, it, was a, it was a joint thing. And, and yeah, it is the tribe of the Levites who have right. varied tasks. In fact, you can find in other places where uh, the various portions of the tribe of Levi had different tasks in terms of carrying this stuff and taking care of certain parts of it. So it really is well subdivided in the Levites who does what, who carries who did, what, yeah. who sets it up, who takes it down. Yeah, that's, that's quite well done. Well, so now we get to this point where we've got it up. And the, the real question is, how will we know if this is acceptable to God? And, uh, and like I say, silly wise, you know, if if they build it, will he come? And how will we know if God's presence, if God says, good job, I'm going to be there? Well, you know, you've got that pillar of cloud and that fire, of cl- that pillar of fire. And so the question at this point is, is will God come and actually inhabit his tent?
2: Well, yes, because while they were familiar with God in the pillar of cloud and fire, right. uh, this will be the first time God has had a residence place among them, among right? In them. the camp. Exactly. Prior, it was out ahead or on the mountain, uh, somewhere out there. Or in the, the tent of meeting
1: that was outside the camp right. when Moses right. would meet with him, right? Moses would go in and God would block the doorway.
2: <laughs> yeah, so here's the question. So here's right? the big deal. What's going to happen? now yeah uh, and uh, I, I i guess i, I guess the point
1: you're making is that god has never shown himself in the midst right of the in people, the middle of the camp and that was his right. intention always yeah yeah so the drama builds and yeah we,
2: that's my point because he had promised right. them back in chapter 25 i'm going to dwell among you right. and, and i'm going to give you this tent of meeting and there i will meet with you
1: yeah but they didn't yeah.
2: have the tent for god until right now
1: yeah and he even promised if you go back to chapter 13 i had to look it up Uh, He said the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them a light that they might travel by day and by night and the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart. From before the people, before right. the people, it Leading led. Them. It led. Yeah. Now we're talking about. Let's settle down in the camp, and God will be in our midst. And this, this is what's different, because God said, "I want to travel with you. Yeah. I want a tent like you have tents. Mine will be special. It'll teach you things about who I am." And so now the tent is made, and will God show?
2: Mm, let's read it.
1: Verse thirty-four. Shall I read it? Yeah, go ahead. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, ah, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And then he looks to the future throughout all their journeys. Whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out till the day that it was taken up the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and fire was in it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys.
2: What a picture.
1: Wow, it really is.
2: Can you imagine? It <laughs> came. This, this pillar, this mysterious cloud forming over and encompassing the tabernacle. It's God's tent, the the visible indicator of God's active presence among them.
1: Yeah, and of God's acceptance of this work done on his behalf. Yes, because I've taken
2: up residence here. I'm here. So I would suggest to those of you who are listening uh, that you, if you're interested about this cloud, take your concordance and do a little concordance study. Yeah. Look up cloud. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. actually what you'll find is the first place it shows up is early in Exodus, in Exodus 13. Mm-hmm. Where we get this little mm-hmm. summary statement of the cloud in Exodus 14 where we find out what it really is. Does in right, terms of right. leading and protecting, and them.
1: that was a brand new idea in uh, those chapters, wholly
2: new, yeah, right? Yeah. But as you, if you look in your concordance and look for cloud, you're going to find a hundred and around a hundred references all the way through the scripture. Mm-hmm. But most of them are the cloud of the active presence of God, the visible presence of God. Yeah, yeah. There are a few times where it's just a cloud is a cloud, right? <laughs> But the most fascinating ones are here in Exodus, in Ezekiel, and, that's and then in Revelation, it appears. Yep, yep. But look particularly at where the cloud shows up in the New Testament, yeah. because you'll find it at the transfiguration of Jesus. Yeah. So I just encourage you, this is all about learning to do Bible study on your own. Check out the cloud and yeah. see what you learn about the presence of God.
1: Yep, exactly. And you know, I, I'll point out what I have before, too. This the presence of this weird thing we would look at in a modern sense like wow a pillar of fire a pillar of cloud I mean it's actually it's not a terrifying presence it's actually quite a calming it's a wonderful presence It's a
2: warming protective presence Yeah
1: cuz if you think about being in the desert you know you're thinking hot dry right. lots of sun the first thing you think about is man I need shade well God said I'll provide you shade wherever you go right. I'll be that cloud for you that's a very wonderful gracious thing God does for them And then at night it's terrifying to be out in the desert in the pitch black darkness and you can't see a stinking thing. God says, I'll be like your gigantic nightlight. I will light your entire encampment. And and also, not just to provide a sense of security, but sometimes you may travel at night, which is a good thing in the desert. Unfortunately, you can't see where you're going when right. it's that dark. So you have to reserve your night travels to when you have full moons and stuff. But God says, nope, I'll be right there. I'll be this gigantic nightlight connecting heaven and earth visibly, you know, in a symbolic way. You just follow the light, man, and we'll get there. So these are, these are both a cloud by Day, a pillar by night, both great comforts, great gracious comforts to the nation of Israel. Not the kind of terrifying presence that we were talking about at the top of uh, of the mountain when when Moses is right. named. You know, a very different right. kind of thing. This is this is a very welcoming kind of thing.
2: Well, and we find too, as you do that concordance study, you'll discover that this cloud and fire is associated with shade from the heat of the yes. sun and protection from the fire. Yeah. So, um, and let me just tip you something toward Isaiah 4 verses. Uh, 5 and 6 where it talks about the Lord removing the sin from the nation of Israel and let me just read you this verses 5 and 6 then the Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over the assemblies a cloud by day even smoke and the brightness of a flaming fire by night for over all the glory will be a canopy and there will be a shelter to give shade from the heat by day and refuge and protection from the storm and the rain so that's you know Isaiah looking way ahead to that coming of Messiah and the ultimate fulfillment of God with man. And he says, it's all, we're still going to have that sense of the presence of God Mm -hmm. in the image of the cloud and the fire. He will be over everything.
1: It's really an unmistakable presence of God. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's so unusual. Such a great kind of dotted line connecting heaven and earth. Presence of God, presence in our midst, yeah. You know, it dawned on me too, you know, when we looked at the in verse 35, Moses couldn't go in because of the yeah. glory. I remembered that Solomon's temple right. had the same the same thing happen. Right.
2: They literally couldn't stand.
1: Right. So, so if you want to read, I had to go back and remind myself it's in 1 Kings 8. Mm-hmm. And you look, and Solomon builds the temple, which is just the limestone version of the tabernacle. Right. The layout's, you know, pretty close to the same. Same things go on there. But as they finished that, and the, the priests were inside kind of finished finishing all the deck work they came out and as they came out god's glory in this cloud and fire came in and suddenly they said we, we can't we go can't, back in right now says
2: literally they could not stand <laughs> they could not stand their work yeah
1: and so it, 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 this is it's pretty fascinating so the presence of god is is so what do you want to call it so sobering so overwhelming so overwhelming that they that they could not be there and again that's what happens with moses here and it'll happen again hundreds of years later when they build the temple yeah it's great that's
2: well, great. and then let me just say one more thing about that. Visible presence of the of the the presence of God over the tabernacle apparently was there throughout the history of Israel up to a certain point. Up to a point, And we yeah. re- read in Exodus yeah. how the, the cloud was going to move ahead of them to lead them. Right. Well, in your concordance study, you'll find some references to the cloud in Ezekiel where Ezekiel has a vision where he sees the cloud lift off the temple yes. and go to the east. Well, that is God's annunciation he's going to they're going to be exiled exile, off to the east right. and he is leading them yep. into the exile there's so much associated with this cloud
1: yeah yeah one, one of my favorite passages is numbers nine i want to read you a little oh about yeah that. yeah
2: i have that open in front of me actually oh, do go yeah, ahead i do too yeah it, this is this is <laughs> just so detailed it's
1: so great because in 36 here in chapter 40 he looks forward in numbers nine he, he looks forward and tells you what's going on right uh, i start in verse 15 on the day that the tabernacle was set up The cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony. And at evening it was over the tabernacle, like the appearance of fire, until morning. And so it always Mm -hmm. was. The cloud covered it by day, and the appearance of fire by night. And whenever the cloud lifted from over the tent... After that, the people of Israel set out, and in the place where the cloud settled down, there the people of Israel camped. And at the command of the Lord, the people of Israel set out, and at the command of the Lord, they camped. And as long as the cloud rested over the tabernacle, They remained in camp. And even when the cloud continued over the tabernacle for days, the people of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was a few days over the tabernacle. And according to the command of the Lord, they remained in camp. Then according to the command of the Lord, they set out. And sometimes the cloud remained from evening until morning. And when the cloud lifted in the morning, they set out. If it continued for a day and a night. When the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether it was two days or a month or a longer time that the cloud continued over the tabernacle, abiding there, the people of Israel remained in camp and did not set out. But when it lifted, they set out. And at the command of the Lord, they camped. And at the command of the Lord, they set out.
2: Isn't that amazing? That is so so good. Here's what struck me as you're reading this. There would have been no dispute. Shall we stay or shall we go?
1: That's right. Every one of those
2: two million people would see it when the cloud right. lifted up and moved or, or stayed put.
1: And it's not a matter of Moses being in charge, clearly, no. or, or leading even, clearly, if they would say, well, Moses, why do you think we should move today? Well, because right. Moses says so. No, because the cloud moved. Oh, or
2: even Aaron, right? Exactly. You know, they're yeah. doing their priestly business, but they had no control over the presence of the Lord. Yeah,
1: there's no ambiguity here. And, and what I like to extend when we talk about this is the fact that even in our present day, since God does not change, God is extraordinarily capable of giving you explicit leadership of where mm. to go and what to do. He, he, you know, we that famous the psalm we we quoted in that song about the steps of a man being established, yeah, established by, the, by Lord. the Lord. I mean, he know he know not only knows where he's going, but he's already seen where we're going. So I have people all the time saying, "How do I figure out the will of God? What do I where? How do I figure out where he's leading?" And they take on themselves this entire purpose of trying to trying to second-guess what God's direction is. And it doesn't have to be that hard, because really all you, all you need to do is pray and say, God, you're really good at leading. I saw the cloud and the fire in Exodus, so so lead me, and I'm confident you'll let me know.
2: Yeah, and I and, don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. Right. right. <laughs> Jehoshaphat.
1: woo <Woo-hoo. laughs> second chronicle so yeah it's it's uh god's very good at leading and here there's no ambiguity and god can continue to be unambiguous in his leading today so just take him at his word
2: okay and do you think here that there's that there's this picture it's kind of foreshadowing the leading of the holy spirit right yeah that is not absolutely visible the absolutely. way the cloud in the old testament was but it is the same picture of and this. it's
1: god with us
2: god goes before us and god yep. leads us god with us god in us yeah
1: yeah and and he promises he'll do that i think it's interesting too in retrospect here you know we had that ugly ugly golden calf incident mm-hmm. and um but then but then after the golden calf that was chapter 12 and then in chapter no 30, no no,
2: 24 oh, 12.
1: oh yeah. i'm sorry 32 12 is coming out of, it's X, coming out of egypt <laughs> yeah 32 I, I dropped my three yeah 32 but then you get to 33 and that's where that's where god makes his incredible statement about okay my presence will go with you yeah and he does
2: and he does.
1: To these people who made a golden calf.
2: Even though for the next 40, 39 years they were yeah. going to to go in and out of obedience, right. but as far as traveling in the wilderness and getting through it, they they were obedient. Because it and, was unambiguous in his direction. And
1: in that in that generation that died, God still stayed with them. He did. He did not abandon them. He did. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Well, we're we're at the end of Exodus. I'm sad. <laughs>
2: It's worthwhile to consider going back and just reading as much in a sitting as you possibly can to just remember the story.
1: Yep. And and let me give you a tiny bit of homework if you want. Revelation has a lot of connections Mm -hmm. to the imagery here. I was thinking about the throne room scene in Revelation 4. Mm -hmm. Go read Revelation 4 and see if anything looks familiar to you. (laughs) Because you've got Exodus under your belt. And another thing is, uh, go to Revelation 8. You'll notice some stuff about the prayers of the saints and the Mm -hmm. altar of incense, and this all comes from here. So so these are not just temporary images that happened in history a long time ago. These are images that, that remain because they reflect something of a greater truth. So let us tell you what we're going to next.
2: We are going into the New Testament New going into the Gospel according to Matthew. Right, right. And it seemed appropriate to us to do that because we've been steeped in the Old Testament now for a couple of months, many months actually, and Matthew's Gospel is clearly targeted to a Jewish readership. Now, it's for everybody, Yes. but Matthew quotes Old Testament scripture much more yes. than the other Gospel writers do.
1: So if you wanted to pick out of the four Gospels which one has the most continuity to the Old Testament, probably, probably Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, he's got a lot of those connections. So uh, so we hope you join us on that. It'll be a great adventure as you read it. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. We hope you join us next week on More Than Ink.
0: There are many more episodes of this broadcast to be found at our website morethaninc.org. And while you are there, take a moment to drop us a note. Remember, the Bible is God's love letter to you. Pick it up and read it for yourself, and you will discover that the words printed there are indeed more than ink. This has been a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City.